The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hello, Dope Village. Welcome to Laughter Permitted. I'm Julie Foudy. She's Lynn Ozawi Wowie. Hi, Lynn. Hey there, Jules. You know, yes. our podcast, it's called Laughter Permitted. Yep. Heard of it. Well, this episode, Heads Up to the Dope Village, is heavy on the laughs, mm-hmm. thanks to our guest. And it is quite possible I snorted more than once (laughs) our guest is espn play-by-play rock star beth moens and i have been pals with bmo as i call her ever since she showed me the ropes of calling games way way back moreover i have been in awe of her trailblazing beth played hoops at lafayette college and has a master's in broadcast journalism from syracuse university And she is one of the most versatile play-by-play announcers in the biz, having called, and we talk about this in the podcast, almost every sport under the sun. Beth began working for ESPN in 1994 and over the years has compiled quite a list of firsts. She is the first woman to call a nationally televised NFL game, the first woman to call a Monday night football game, the first woman to call play-by-play for an NBA game on network TV, and the first woman to call a Chicago Cubs regular season game. Boom! More than anything, BMO is a great human. She's next level at plurking, which is combining playing and working. And a ton of fun, as you're about to hear. So get comfortable listening. It's Beth Moens. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces, Ally has committed to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives. And truly, we've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to ally.com. Kick back, relax, and unwind. Let's have a good time. So bright, talking and laughing combined. Feeling alright, get comfortable listening. It's laughter permitted.
getting there. I hear. Uh oh, start video. Good morning. Oh yes, Bemo. You already look camera ready, sister. What's your game tonight? Florida, Florida State softball. Oh, oh. I think I think I'm trying to get. Uh, could be a fun weekend next weekend. I think I might have an NBA game, and I'm trying to swing a double dip with the Cubs the next day. So, fingers oh crossed. wow, fingers crossed. Yeah. Oh my god. Do you know your schedule ahead of time, or does it always? on the fly like that um around playoff time it's always kind of on the fly and the cubs you know i still have to give espn first rights so we come up with a schedule and then if something pops up i kind of have to tell them no and um so but softball i kind of know in advance so that helps the first thing we always do bmo is we set the scene where okay. you're at what you're doing all that stuff so set the scene bmo I am in some hotel in some city getting ready for some game somewhere. And I love every minute of it, JFO. I am in Gainesville, got a big uh, Florida, Florida State um, affair uh, this evening. And then we stick around for Florida and Alabama coming up this weekend. So that's a lot of fun. And the best part, well, not the, the best part, obviously, are the games. But the second best part is a little side trip over to my friend Smitty's house. Uh, and, uh, may may break out the clubs, may get a boat day in, you know, to, uh, to fully yeah. prepare for the, the softball ahead. Yes. Yeah, much needed prep. How many mm -hmm. days in between do you get? How many uh, boat golf type of prep days do you have? Got a couple of days away. And then, uh, and then it's back for game day this weekend. And my goodness, we're, you know, already... Uh, on the road to the Women's College World Series. I think Selection Sunday is uh, about six weeks away now. So uh, good times, very good times. I love how um, softball's just been crushing it as yeah. well. With ratings on TV, it's so yeah. fun to watch. We're, we're pretty excited to see what happens. You know, the, the women's soccer ratings continue to climb. The, the women's basketball final four ratings, you know, I think the championship was pushing 5 million people. Mm -hmm. And so we've sort of seen the same kind of steady rise in softball. We, we think we're going to have some terrific numbers, uh, especially with the way things are going right now. We're going to have a lot of big names and a lot of stars probably in Oklahoma City. So Really, really exciting times for women's sports. And, and I'm hoping at, at some point here, we're going to be able to move into, you know, a, a lot more money on the table for the rights to these kinds of events. Raise your hand if you're surprised by the increase in ratings. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. in the very least, not at all, not at no. all. No. Uh, and, and I think, you know, what I think is the other exciting frontier is, you know, with, with sort of the NCAAs and the pro sports embrace of, um, gambling, you know, that that's the, the, there are so many men out there who I think could become fans of women's sports. All they need is to get a foot in the door. And it's possible that, hmm. you know, when you've got, uh, when you've got over-unders on games, when you've got, um, you know, things that you can bet on to sort of get your foot in that door, I think it will keep a lot more of our younger male viewers coming back for more because they're yeah. going to love the action. You yeah. know? Interesting. Yeah. I never thought of it like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, when I watch sports with my brothers, I'm like, oh, how much money do you have on this? You're way too into this. <laughs> so you two have worked together calling soccer. And one of the things I'm interested to hear is if you could each describe one another in the booth. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, 
Who, anyway, who goes, does the host yeah. and guest go first? Wait, here? I, I, want, I want to start. I want to start because I need to put this disclaimer out there. I mean, when I worked with Beth, it was early stages of this uh, career. And let's just say I, I can't wait to hear these stories because I was a hot mess. And... <laughs> And my favorite story is when I turned to Beth and I was like, oh, my God, we were calling. What were we calling? I don't even remember, Beth. Do you remember the story? And I was like, oh, my God, tell me to shut the F up. I am talking way too much. You need to turn to me and tell me, like, S-T-F-U. And so Beth, Beth made this sign that we put up in our booth s-t-f-u and literally like because i didn't understand the rhythm of soccer and i wanted to tell everything i knew about soccer i was very excited and so she would just point to the sign like (laughs) oh my gosh i need one of those signs i know you do she would tap on like the s-t-f-u sign And then and I'd be course, like, oh, thank you. You're right. I can't stop. Yes. <laughs> and when I wanted it, an autographed Julie Foudy uh, jersey for my home office, you know, it, it wasn't a pleasant little, oh, such a, a pleasure to work with you. What a wonderful person you are. It was just JFO, STFU. Like, that's what is signed on my <laughs> Julie Foudy jersey in my office. <laughs> the, the thing was, Lynn, when, when so I, I, I hit television broadcasting and the intersection of more women's games uh, on the air, like right at the right time. And so they would always send me these wild stallions that I had to tame and sort of <laughs> teach as we went along, you know, okay, here's sort of the, you know, the game uh, will, will, you know, bow down to you when it comes to strategy and stuff. Let me try and help you with sort of the mechanics of it all. And so, <laughs> Interesting. You know, for better or for worse, and and you know, a hundred percent of the time, of course, it was for better. But I, I got to work like the first games with Fowdy. I got to work some of the first games with Rebecca Lobo, and yeah. with Coach Karai in volleyball, and and so Jessica Mendoza and Mendoza. You know, yeah, we we had some great times together. You know, Mendoza. So I didn't have to tell Mendoza STFU, but you know, since, <laughs> since Jessica and I never really matured past the age of 16, you know, the word balls comes up quite a bit <laughs> during softball games. So <laughs> we wouldn't even wait for it to happen. Uh, undoubtedly at some point during the game, somebody would go off on a rant about balls and strikes. And we just had a card on our table that said balls. And and we would just look at each other and giggle and, and hit the talk back button so nobody could hear us and just point at balls on the table. And then one of my favorite things to try and do is to just get right back into the conversation of the game without laughing on the air. And so those are those are some of the fun things. That's what Foudy and I would try and do when I would point to the STFU would be, okay, now we've got to get back on the air without actually have to swearing. And What is the talkback mic or the talkback button? So we have a, a console, an audio console in front of us, and it's got the volumes so that we can, you know, hear – um, what I like to, what I always like to do is tease the auto person. I, I need more of me in my headset. Can I get more of me and less <laughs> JFO so I get? <laughs> and then we have two buttons. One is a cough button for obviously if you cough oh. or sneeze or whatever, it won't go out on the air. And the other is a talkback button 
so that we can talk to our producer and director and our graphics people in the truck. And obviously they can talk to us as well to sort of, hey, can we take a look at this camera angle or can we take a look at this graphic? And and unfortunately, over the years, it has devolved into (laughs) um, often cracking jokes that only the producer and director can hear or vice versa. Uh, without then laughing or, or getting anything on the air. So the talk back button is one of our, our favorite tools that, that yeah. we like to use over the years. Um, and the cough balls. button obviously is, is valuable if we're, if we're laughing at balls. Um, balls. You know, yeah. the, the thing though, when you're on set, when you're not on a game, you don't have the cough and talk back button in True. studio. And so one time calling Men's World Cup, Tom Smith, Tommy Smith, Tommy Smith, I don't know. If Tommy you know Smith. Name, Tommy Smith. He, his mic <laughs> fell off of his tie and literally we were in a highlight and they're like, Tommy, we can't hear you. Where's your mic? Where's your mic? And imagine the desk, right? <laughs> This is like early in my career, like 90s, 98. He he crawls under the desk to get his mic and he is popping up through my like legs, like coming up. I was like, dude, what are you doing? And I get giggling so hard and I have no talk back, no cough button. And so they come back on air and all I can imagine is Tommy coming up from underneath the desk and I, I lose it. And <laughs> they have to cut to commercial because I cannot continue. Oh, oh it's gosh. a perfect opportunity to jump right in there and say, no, in the back of the <laughs> onion bag. You're in the onion bag, Tommy, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Oh, fabulous. Hey. That, that's the that's the dream, Lynn, one day is to be able to do like what we always joke about in the business of the HBO show, where you could talk all kinds of shite like this and, you know, <laughs> say actually what's on your mind and yeah. and swear a little bit and laugh a little bit and just, you know, question things that managers and coaches do and and well, all, all kinds of fun like we're that. We're getting there with like the Mannings and the Sue Bird Tarasi yeah. show, oh, right? That that's Sue a, Bird and Tarasi yeah. was... Tarasi's double entendres were just yeah. off the charts. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, yeah, when you said balls, it made me think of what <laughs> Diana Tarasi brought up during the South Carolina games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we're getting there. That would be our kind yeah, of TV. Let's we're be, close. I think let's it's be clear. Let's be yeah. clear. That's what I want to do in life. Bucket list. So, I've never done play by play. I've never done color commentating. Mm-hmm. What I have had the opportunity to do because of Julie is watch a game from the booth. And I was saying to Julie that now when I go to a women's national team game, I don't like sitting in the stands. I want to be in the booth because it's so fun. (laughs) How would you describe the booth? Uh, I I think the best way I can describe it is sort of controlled chaos and the ability to not only listen, not just hear, but listen and um, uh, digest like three or four different voices at a time and sort of sift through that sort of chaos and find and, and still get to what's most relevant, what's most important, and not veering too far away for too long from the actual game action. You know, we've got all kinds of bells and whistles up there, and we love to see graphics and replays, and you've got a producer and a director talking to you, and you want, first and foremost, to be able to play off of and get the most out of your um, your analyst as you go through the course of the day. I got some uh, great advice, uh, first name drop of the day from Al Michaels when I, I <laughs> was preparing for uh, Monday Night Football and I just mm. 
decided, you know what, through our, our um, good buddy, Mike Tarico, I, I want to reach out to some other people that have done this. And, mm-hmm. and, and he told me, never forget that at some point, a game is going to break out. And I thought that that was great advice. Like we, we, we get off on these tangents sometimes and, and then that the actual game starts to, to get really good and never forget to always um, yeah. get back to the game. And, and so that's something that I've, I've taken to heart over the years um, to, to get through all that controlled chaos. Yeah, that is really good. Um, I particularly love all the emojis on your Twitter bio. I did notice that the soccer ball is fourth emoji, whatevs. Um, you have football, you have basketball, you have softball, you have soccer sitting in the fourth position, you have baseball and golf. But I do think, and these are speaking to the breadth of what you do, I do think you're probably missing some emojis in there. How many sports have you called? Uh, well, I called all those, uh, I've called all those six. I called some women's hockey years ago. Uh, which may be the hardest, by the way, because you're way up in the rafters. You got yeah. 30 players that could be on the ice together at any given moment. Oh, right. And if, if you have to do switching. like a oh, switching, if you have to do a game with Russians or, um, you know, some sports where you uh, like football, if you have to do a game with a lot of Samoans or Hawaiians where the pronunciation like that's the first way to lose your credibility amongst <laughs> yeah. fans is if you don't even know who our guys are right. or who our girls are. So that's one of the things that. Awesome. I got Uzbekistan this week. Yes. You really have to be on top of. I've also called wrestling on the radio. Mm. Uh, The best way to do wrestling on the radio is to make sure you have a good analyst. Um, (laughs) You know, it's a very, we take it to you. You have to explain wrestling on the radio. There's got to be a story there. When I first started out in in local radio, we did all the local high school sports and, and, and we had really good wrestling programs in upstate New York. So that was part of it. And, um, you know, wrestlers get very handsy as part of what they do. And so you've just got to, you've got to make sure you're on top of all the lingo, uh, when you, when you call that I did dog shows, uh, back uh, in the day. That's you know, right. When, yes. You don't, never say no for no particular reason. If it involves a right. paycheck, you know, get out there and do it. Um, good, great interviews. They don't talk back at you. No. Yeah. And if you can, if you can describe a dog taking a poo on right. live national television, <laughs> you can pretty much handle anything else that's coming, coming at you. You know, you got it. Uh, that, that Rottweiler's not number one. He might be number two today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, what I, so I want you to know that I am, um, I do listen to what people say on Twitter and I'm prepared to move the soccer ball up. The last thing I have uh, on my um, Twitter is uh, the phrase somewhat drenched. And that's actually only a couple weeks old because uh, we were drenched courtside during a recent basketball game. And I said the phrase somewhat drenched on the air and someone said, why isn't that a part of your uh, Twitter? Uh, And so I did add it and they were really excited. I did see that. Yeah. So now I will probably replace that with something that happens on this on this uh, laughter permitted, of course. Just write balls. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Why did you have to tell me that? You know, I'm never going to let that one die. Yes. I've got to add lacrosse to that, too. I've called. Oh, you've done lacrosse, too. Yeah. Yes. Oh my! Yeah, it's gosh. a great sport. Well, in upstate New York, I mean, it's you know, it, it's the biggest thing in the spring, and and just a actually quite similar str- strategically when you think about it to um, soccer and basketball yeah. and hockey in terms of the transition, yeah. the speed. 
Lots of they just get to hit each other really hard, which is kind of fun on the men's <laughs> yeah. side. Anyways. On the yeah. Men's side. yeah the, the women's that. side is still, uh, you know, finesse and speed, which right. is cool. Right. What's the somewhat drenched reference? Uh, it was a post-game interview, and then the players, of course, came over uh, after Creighton upset Iowa in the women's tournament. And gotcha. it wasn't the Gatorade. It was the squirt bottles, which, mm. you know, squirty things are a lot harder to control, ladies. And it just <laughs> it got us. It got us. So Doing the post-game interview with you're your umbrella. A, you're such a bad influence, I tell you. <laughs> And just, just, just quickly, uh, you know, to circle back to to balls. The fact that it's with Jessica Mendoza is so on brand. <laughs> I mean, she, you know, is she ever not smiling? That's the thing. I mean, I she she's, she's so much fun to work on. Jess, of. Oh, I mean, yeah. come on, <laughs> spice it up a little, Jess. Show some happiness. I have, you know, when I first started out. Um, I, I knew I wanted to be a sportscaster. And so I, I kind of got a, a taste of all the different, you know, jobs because they're all different roles. And I, I, as good an athlete I was, I knew I wasn't a JFO or a Doza or I wasn't going to be like the, the coach in the NFL and, and all those people I saw. But that play by play guy was kind of a normal dude. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, maybe I can do that. Right. And so that's what I steered towards at a very early age. Not realizing that one of the side benefits was you get to work with these amazing athletes and, and amazing coaches over the years. And so to be able to sit next to Julie or to Jess or, you know, right now, um, Michelle Smith, too, and Amanda Scarborough in our softball booths has been one of the real cool um, benefits of getting to know some some neat people. And I don't think the importance of your trailblazing can be overstated. Because beyond all the breadth of what you do mm-hmm. and the versatility of what you do, you've been so many times the first ever at the highest level, NFL, NBA. You go down the list of what you've MLB. done and mm-hmm. have been able to penetrate a force field that seemed impenetrable, honestly. It was for so long men's only club. And yeah. yet you've been able to get into that field and I know you'll say oh it was hard work and I you know I've done my prep and all of that but beyond the hard work why do you think you were able to break through well I I think part of it goes back to you know I I was hitting things at the right time and I never veered away from I'm a play-by-play announcer and as you guys know for most of us that get into this business you're either an analyst in one particular sport or the women are immediately steered to the sideline. And as amazing as that role is, and certain people are born for that, they love to do it. Mm -hmm. You know, Holly Rowe comes to mind in in our softball coverage. That is their thing and they love it. But I I knew that wasn't, that wasn't my passion. And so even for years when, you know, sometimes your versatility means, well, if we have to move someone to the sideline, move Beth over there. And so you know, you constantly are just sort of walking that line of bugging people. Hey, don't forget me about, about me and play by play, you know, don't forget about me. And it's still, I think, Julie, the biggest thing are the relationships Mm -hmm. and you build relationships with people around you, you know, right from day one. And what I like to tell younger people, even when I speak with them today is look around the room right now. If you're in a classroom with a bunch of other sportscasters, 
These are the people that you will be working with, or possibly somebody in this room is going to offer you your dream job one day based on the relationship that you're good at what you do, you're fun to work with, and you know what people can listen to you for a, a half or two and get adjusted to the fact that it's a woman's voice and, and then never really worry about it ever again. So I, I think probably it's, it's sort of that intersection of being good at what you do and well-prepared because as you know, in, in our business, uh, people are a lot more nitpicky when it comes to a woman who may misspeak or not have the right stat or not have the right pronunciation. That's a big part of it. Yep. But also having the people in the position that do the hiring that believe in you and respect the work you do and, and trust in you to, to give you that opportunity. And I've been fortunate to run into some of those people that um, also wanted to be a part of trailblazing moments and to break down some barriers that have been in place for far too long. And you know, as much progress as we've made, we're still trying to, you know, push that envelope. I, I'm encouraged to see a lot more young women. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say, what do you think it means? Now. What do you think that means in terms of the next generation and seeing you do it? Yeah. I, I, I think it's a situation where, it, and you, when you talk to most women in this business, you still want them to earn it. You know, mm -hmm. show me that you're capable of it. Show me through reps and, and work mm -hmm. your way up sort of into the situations that, have more and more responsibility and more and more eyeballs on you and prove that, that you can do it. And I think as you know, in the future, when almost every guy out there will have a mother that played sports and a sister that played sports and a daughter and a girl next door, that it's, it's been a part of their daily existence. I think there are still a lot of men out there that don't have female athletes in their lives. And that's unfortunate, but the day is coming where that it's not a big deal at all that every yeah. woman, you know, is, has not only played, but is sitting right there with you whenever you go to a game and is as big right. a fan as you are. Love it. What do you enjoy most about calling games? Uh, oh, wow. You know, I think there. Uh, what I tell people are there are five things that, that we love to do as sportscasters. When we come to your town, we want a, a taste of the local flavor. You know, you got, you, are you famous for a food or a bar or a restaurant? You know, let's get out there and see what, what you got in town, um, interaction with fans. We, we still love to have that give and take with fans, whether it's at the hotel lobby or, you know, down on the field, or as you're walking into the booth, things like that. We want a competitive game. You know, we're not, it's not the Super Bowl every week for a lot of us, but we want competitive games between quality teams. I, I love a fantastic finish. You know, the drama of a big moment, especially, you know, I've been fortunate over the years to call a lot of championships and there's nothing like the drama of a, of a championship and then a swift and, and safe journey home. You know, usually we're running for an airport. We've got all kinds of great stories to tell about, you know, police escorts yeah. to the airport and running through security and, and running to catch the gate. Um, but I think it's that time that you have with the players and the coaches on site and to be able to put your voice and, and for our crew to put all these amazing pictures to what will be, uh, lifetime memories for, for a lot of those folks and a lot of their fans. Is there a sport you haven't done that you, that you really want to call? Ooh. Well, I, uh, not a sport, but a particular moment. Um, you know, I would love to call a premier league game. Yeah. Uh, yes, Let's yes. go BMO. We're, Put it we're out going, there. We're, we're going through some tough times right now over um, over in West London and, um, you know, Stamford Bridge and Chelsea going through some difficult moments, JFO. But uh -huh. that, is, that, that is on the wish week. list. 
yeah. uh, to be able to get over there and, and, uh, and call a, a Premier League game or call a Champions League game. You know, we, we had did the pleasure hear, of working on the hear, World uh, Cup together, so that was fabulous. Did you hear the Liverpool uh, Champions League game yesterday? They had two women on the call. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. See, they're trailblazers like, over there now. I know. And I was like, and I, I went on Twitter and no one was talking about it. I'm like, that's the way it yeah. should be. I didn't even say anything. I'm like, I'm not going to bring it up. I'm like, yeah. yes. Yeah. Two women on I the think, call. I think that's the next step is, you know, we had a great time. Um, myself and Doris Burke and Lisa Salters, we did that. The all uh, women's crew. Yeah. Um, you know, that uh, the broad cast, if you yep. will. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, enjoy the meal. I'll be here all week. Um, th that was that was a lot of fun. I, and, you know, the hope, I think, is for the next game uh, or whatever the sport is and whatever the women are. You know, you don't even need to, to t tell people mm -hmm. what's coming. You just show up and you call the game and it's yeah. no big deal. So you have had so many first, do you remember your first paying gig for play-by-play? -play? My first paying gig. Wow. I don't know if I got paid for it, but my dad was the um, basketball coach at our high school and he was a teacher there. And so during football season, he would work the clock at our high school football games for a little extra cash. You know, that the, the couple of the other teachers and coaches would be up in the booth. And I took over the PA uh, announcing jobs, Archie Hall Stadium in North Syracuse, New York. Um, and so uh, every once in a while, I would sneak in a little play by play with, uh, you know, just the public address announcing who the player was. Can you give us a Work, taste? Working on working on my language, um, you know, uh, for example, like Chuck Wilbur on the carry a gain of two for the North Stars. Pause. <laughs> Uh, as he goes off the left side behind a really good block from, <laughs> from Mike Manili. So how old were you? I would have been in middle school back then. You know, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, uh, I please tell Phyllis me a George. video of that exists. I watched Phyllis George on the NFL Today show, and that's when I was kind of bit by the bug that that's what I wanted to do. So I, I was lucky to get a pretty good head start through school. And then in Syracuse at the time, you know, there once was a day when not all of your games were on national TV. So local television got the chance to do a lot of those. Yeah. And so that's kind of where I started, you know, pulling cables, running for coffee, doing whatever. Um, and then, you know, slowly kind of worked my way up and got to know people in town and, and started calling games from there. So I'm guessing it would probably have been, it, it was called Super Sports, S-U, Super Sports, because we did a lot of Syracuse University stuff. That was probably one of my first paying gigs you know, in the summer, calling like beach volleyball from, um, you know, RJ O'Toole's bar. You know, they had a volleyball court off to the side there. <laughs> not that I frequented that place, Julie. <laughs> Don't know where it is at all. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, do you have a most memorable moment ever Oof. in terms of calling a game? I know these are hard questions. Most memorable. Most memorable. <laughs> You know, the, the Monday night football was probably a big deal. Um, for, <laughs> it was kind for, of a big deal, yes. <laughs> for some folks. <laughs> it, it's funny when you're in the moment, you know, it, it's always been your day to day. So you're doing the same exact preparation. You're doing all your research, you're getting ready and stuff. But then you have all this other stuff kind of around you, whether it's 
radio call, radio interviews or TV interviews or newspaper interviews. So the buildup, obviously, and all of the other stuff around is, is a much bigger deal. But when you're kind of in it and living it, it it's, it's not a whole lot different than any other game. And, and once you, you know, once the red light goes on, um, you're, you're just doing what you've been trained to do your, your whole career. But I, you understand that that had a huge impact on a lot of people. Um, I love to tell the story. There was a girl with a, a sign in the stand. She came to the game with her mom and dad, and we were down on the field pregame. She had an ESPN T-shirt on, and she had a homemade ESPN mic flag uh, and microphone with her. And it was like, uh, hi, Beth, I've got next. Oh, and then down at the bottom, it, at the bottom it said, "Love you too, Grandma." Um, <laughs> oh my God! So you, you get a sense of the impact that you have um, on other people, and and even when we did the uh, the broadcast for the NBA the other day, like even you know me and Doris and and Lisa, uh, the impact that you see from all the young girls and the mothers in the stands, and even the even the dads with sons that are you know pointing at you and, and mm-hmm. wanting to wave and shake your hand. Um, that th- those I think probably are the best things about all of that is you show somebody that they can do whatever they want to do and, and dream big and then go chase it. Yeah. Oh, when that red light goes on though, and you said it's back to normal. I, I, you're looking at your watch. Are you okay on time? No, no, I, that was goosebumps. That was goosebumps. Oh, goosebumps. Okay, good. Um, I was like, oh, crap. Are we going too long? What time is it? Because we have a tendency to go long. Uh, imagine that. STFU. STFU. STFU, Jules. Imagine that. Uh, when that red light goes on in, a, in an event like that, that is so trailblazing. Do you have those moments, though, of like, oh, my gosh. I it And... Or does it just, you just lock in and you're in game mode? It's usually a moment right before or, or right after. So the, one of the other favorite moments I had was, was when I, um, last minute, I got called in to do the women's final four back in 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. Dave O'Brien had, had opening day and he had a conflict. So they brought me in last minute and as fate would have it, it was Syracuse, the team that I grew up watching, and it was UConn. And yep. UConn, of course, best player was Brianna Stewart, who is from Syracuse, from my hometown. Right, right. And so there was a moment just pregame where I see, I look into like the Syracuse fan section, and it was all these older women that I grew up playing pickup games with. Oh, and my gosh. Spent, spent my summers up at Manly Fieldhouse on the SU campus just playing pickup games for hours and hours. And here they are cheering on all their team. And then here's you know, Brianna Stewart on the other side who broke everybody's records in town and, and is the, you know, the biggest celebrity uh, to come out of North Syracuse in, in a long, long time. And so it was a moment pregame where you're just kind of taking in this scene. It was a little bit surreal uh. to see that sort of full circle moment um, that, that I, I was able to sort of watch from afar or watch from courtside. So, and then there's a moment postgame where you're kind of, you know, celebrating and, and sort of taking it all in and, and, you know, maybe staying up too late and playing flip cup and just, you know, and just enjoying, enjoying the company of all the people around you. <laughs> You're a great plorker. Play and work combined. <laughs> There's a word we haven't used in a while. Yeah, Bemo plorking. might be the best plorker out there. That, oh, <laughs> see, that is Tarazi-esque kind of double entendre yeah. in there. Yeah. Oh, I may you. have to add that. That might be the word I add to Twitter. Yeah. You, <laughs> you are top level, next level plorker. I'm going to name drop uh, Amy Rosenfeld, who has been in yeah. charge of uh, all things Love Amy. soccer for, for quite some time. 
Um, Amy tends to really encourage porking uh, whenever we've all <laughs> yes. we've all worked together. Yes. A-Ro, B-Mo, and J-Fo yeah. in, in the same room is, is good yeah. stuff. We used to keep it on the down low, but now the cat's out of the bag. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> is there an Amy Rosenfeld story that you can think of here? Oh, my goodness. Oof. I mean, she's just the goat. Yeah, I mean, she's she was so smooth and so relaxed in the booth. And there were, there were, there are a few things better in television, you know, than to have, you know, just chaos and drama and big yeah. moments going on around you. And then she'll, hey, she'll, just, hey, yeah, she'll just hop on, she'll just hop on the talk back. I love you guys. This is fantastic. And, and you know, all kinds of stuff is going on around her in the truck. And it's just like, you guys are doing an awesome job. <laughs> So Amy Rosenfels, so she would have been a producer for 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 you guys, yeah. and then she's now she heads up the ACC network. Mm-hmm. Julie knows this. I was a production assistant for Amy Rosenfeld back in the day. Just no. she runs everything best. at ESPN. Yeah, she's the best. Hi, lovey. She'd get on the talkback. Hi, lovey. <laughs> hey, just one thing, lovey. In the middle of like you know penalty yeah. kicks for the World Cup final. Hey, lovey. Don't forget. <laughs> lay out. Every every once in a while, I'll be on the air. Yeah, I'll be on the air somewhere, and it'll just pop up on your phone. It just I miss us, and that's that's like her text. I miss us with a little heart, you know, from from our early days of working together back in the WUSA when JFO was still playing. Yeah, she produced our WSA games. That is crazy. Gosh. Yeah. All right, Lynn, set it up, sister. Beth, you have called so many sports events. Mm -hmm. We were wondering if you could call this Zoom for a few moments, do a little play-by-play on the Zoom. We're going to see your play-by-play skills on daily life, BMO. Okay. To do four, got pop boy. That was one of the exercises we learned back. It it hits like every every different way your mouth can say a word, I think. To do four, got pop boy. The other one was the weather in West Grand Junction will be mild instead of hot today. Are you ready, BMO? I'm ready. Okay. Do you see this, BMO? So Foudy is getting ready. She's getting the, uh, she's get, got the bands out. That's a new <laughs> thing with all the youngsters now. It's not uh, weights anymore. It's the bands. I'm not sure if she, lo- it looks like she's being real aggressive with this. She must have skipped her Peloton workout earlier today and is now trying to make up for lost time. The best part is look at the passion and the desire, the facial expressions, folks. She wants this so bad without trying to pull a muscle now that she's getting so old. Oh, wait, we have, I believe that is a pastry. Yes, it is, folks. She has gone to the bear claw, totally ignoring all the workout that she just did. She may have bought herself, I'm going to guess, 300 calories. So she's gone through a couple of bites of the bear claw. And those calories are right back on the love handles. She's going to continue and play through it. Wait, wait, I'm being told now that might be a cinnamon roll. Hold on, mm-hmm, hold mm-hmm. on. It is definitely a cinnamon roll. And she has gone through the entire outer swirl of the <laughs> cinnamon roll, picking it apart with just the thumb and the right index finger. And somehow has managed to get some on the left hand as well and is now licking the cinnamon and the sugar off of the roll. This is quite an impressive performance for someone who has 
treated her body as a temple for the first 18 years of her life before she discovered alcohol. And now it's just <laughs> gone downhill. Just gone downhill. Wait, most importantly, Vimo, is a cinnamon roll a donut? The cinnamon roll is not a donut. The donut is required to have a hole in the middle. It, it is, is not. It's a breakfast pastry. It is not. Some people have decided that it's okay all day long. <laughs> It is not take on donut. It is not a requirement to have a hole in the middle because what do you call those cream filled ones? Puffs. That would be a cream puff. <laughs> that is not that is not in no way shape or form a description of how you dough. used to play center midfield. That is not a description of how you played the game. That is simply you know, I, I'm a, I'm a Dunkin' Donut person. I'm a Northeasterner by trade. And so Dunkin' Donuts, I don't think they label the puffs as donuts. I think all the donuts have a hole in the middle. Hence the phrase donut holes. You know what, Bimo? One, that was fantastic. Thank you. Calling of daily life. I would like you to narrate my life, please. <laughs> Two... You can't get everything right. And that one, I'm sorry, friend, but. The best part is uh, this stunt, she's continued, you've continued to play through and continue to work on the cinnamon roll. I'm still going. <laughs> Even after the game is ended, which I can appreciate. A great I, deal. I, really, I really just wanted to get to that so I could eat this donut that's been sitting there for like 15 minutes. I was like, oh my God, I got to eat that damn donut. Now I do want one for, for my lunch, I must say. I know. Well, if we, we used to, when we did these in person, these podcasts, we would bring donuts. We would yeah. say laughter and donuts permitted. But um, now that, now we just eat them on our own and don't <laughs> offer you any <laughs> and make you commentate it. That's, that's kind of how we are. We're givers. I mean, you know, I was trying to be good today. I have an orange and now it just looks, you know, I'm in Florida, so I got an orange, but now it just, it looks kind of. Sad next to your <laughs> roll. <laughs> Sad. All right. Are you ready for the Lynn game, Bimo? I'm Are ready for you the Lynn ready? Game. Yes. Let's yes. go, sister. Because now I got some sugar in me. Look the F out. Good thing I had an extra cup of coffee today. Beth, you are about to go head to head with Julie in a five question trivia game. Okay. Best of five wins. These are all multiple choice. The one thing is that you will need a noisemaker of some sort to chime in for your answer. Okay. What do you have as a noisemaker? Oh, I'll hit the high note. Oh. <laughs> That's perfect. Jules, what do you have today? I'm going with the Vuv. All right. Okay. I must say, by the way, I do my own trivia game uh, when, when I'm with family and friends. I'm usually a very high draft pick for a uh, oh, trivial God. pursuit. I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, Vegas likes my odds right now at the Caesars I, book. I am I'm really two, two excellent at the Lynn game. Most two excellent. To one. I win First time I've played time. Lynn's trivia though. Here we go. The theme of this game was in the clutch, but Beth, I'm going to change it to fantastic finishes. Okay. So all of these questions are about fantastic finishes in women's sports. Oh, gosh. Okay. Oof. I do Oof. feel like there's a Brandy Chastain in there I think somewhere. there's a bra sighting coming. Uh, yep. There's going to be a bra sighting. Okay. It's possible. 
question I mean, one. That is probably called every single one of these, by the way, as well. That's an unfair advantage. I'm just putting it out there. Could to be. Like. Could be. In the 2017 Final Four, Mississippi State's Morgan William hit a buzzer beater that ended a win streak by UConn. How long was that UConn win streak? Was it A, 81 games, B, 91 games, or C, 111 games? <gasps> Beth Moens. 111 games. Correct. Oh, God. I am going to. By get... the way, do we lose points if we get it wrong? I forgot to ask. Oh, that no. is a great no, you do not. question. Okay. Though. Okay. We might have to add that wrinkle because then I'll have a chance, maybe. Then you have a chance to. Oh, I'm going to blow. You're going to blow and roll right through. You're going to blow cinnamon roll right through that boo-boozela. <laughs> Hurt somebody. It could maybe fit. Question two. Brandy Chastain famously scored the game-winning goal in the 1999 World Cup produced by Amy Rosenfeld for the U.S. on a penalty kick. Mm. How many total goals did Brandy score in her career? Oh, come on! Was okay. it A, 30? B, 35, or C, 45? No Googling. No Googling, BMO. Do not Google that. Um, I'm going to even let you have the first crack at it. Give me my, my choices again. <laughs> what was it? 30, 35, and what? 45. Um, 35. Incorrect. Ah! Oh, see, now my odds just increased from getting it right 33% to 50%. I'm going to go, Brandy Chastain, I'm going to go, I think this is a little tricky, so I'm going to go low. I'm going to say 30. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. 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 Because yep. I'm like at 45 or something like that. I know she wasn't yep. there. I was like, oh, dang it. Well done. Well done. Okay. Well done. All right. Well done. What's it's the count two zero. I, it's two zero. I'm still in this. Let me put my donut down and start blowing. Question three. Mm -hmm. In the 2011 World Cup, mm. Abby Wambach had an epic header against mm. Brazil that tied the game at 2-2. Two -two. Mm. The ball was served in by Megan Rapino. Who passed the ball to Megan? Oh. Okay, I should know this. I called this game. All right. Was it, it might a have been Shannon Box, B, Carly Lloyd, or C, Alex Morgan? <laughs> Julie. Shannon Box. Oh, that was what I was going to say. Incorrect. Ah! Good thing I didn't say that. <laughs> Beth, your choices are Carly Lloyd or Alex Morgan. I'm going to go Carly Lloyd on that. Yeah. And with that, Beth Moen ah, takes ah, the lane ah. game. 3-0. I know it wasn't Alex. I didn't have that. I'm willing, I'm willing to let you save a little face if you want to try and respond <laughs> to the last two, and then we can say it was close. <laughs> I have nothing except donut to respond to. I'm just going to keep eating. I blame the donut for distracting me. I wasn't fully locked in. I was locked in on the middle part, the best part of the cinnamon roll when it gets really gooey. Oh, my God. I love that so much. Oh, oh this is so good. Fabulous. Oh, I yeah. like the Lynn game. I really yeah. like the Lynn game. 
Um, Thanks, Beth. Yeah, I get smoked all the time in the Lynn game, and it's really my only competitive outlet. So that then, was that was a super smoking because yeah, Beth allowed smoking. you to chime in first. Yeah, that was <laughs> she's such like, good strategy. Uh, she's like, "Oh, pathetic one, you can have this. I don't even need to go." Oh, because you're, you're gonna get wrong, and then my chances go to fifty percent. You know what? You you you're you're busy. You got a lot of other things on your mind. You can't be spending too much time, you know, and too much brain power on things as trivial as as pursuit. So, <laughs> okay. Most pressing questions. Okay, there has to be a grind element with all of your travel for games. So how do you unwind and just chillax? Okay. I like this. I like this. So uh, I've, I've always been a golfer, so I really like to play golf. Um, my husband got me into skiing, which, you know, as an athlete and especially a winter sport athlete, you could never ski. So now I like to unwind uh, doing a little skiing, although I'm still quite afraid of the mountain and of breaking something, but I get over that. <laughs> I skiing get over or my snowboarding? Fear. Skiing. I get over my fear of heights skiing and, uh, and, and do my best for the good of the cause. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I like to sip a little bourbon after a game. That, that's something that, that helps me unwind. And, and what's the first thing we do when we get home and we're bored after a day or two? Well, we want to go travel places. So that, that's, what I, that's what I do, too. I like to go visit. Um, friends and family that maybe I haven't seen in a while and, and get a chance to go visit with them. Oh, yeah. And watch sports. How boring is that? I like to watch sports. So <laughs> it's kind of important though, for what you do. Yes. yes. Um, oh, I, <laughs> my most pressing question. I already asked you. That's never happened before. Okay, I'm changing it up. I'm changing it All up. Right. I'm calling it audible. Good, um, good. Best lesson learned from calling games that relates to life. Oh, going deep, actually. Oh, deep that thoughts. relates to life. That relates yeah. to life. Okay. Okay. Well, as I as I was kind of preparing for this podcast, and I knew we, we might be getting off on tangents and telling stories and stuff, um, you already stole my STFU story, so we'll we'll <laughs> we'll move on to we were doing uh, volleyball one year and the women's volleyball championships, and when we're the day before when it, all the teams are practicing, we go sit in a green room and we interview players and coaches, and so. We were sitting in the green room and volleyball is always before Christmas time. So we have uh, snacks and stuff in the green room. We had a, a big bowl of candy and coach Karai, who is one of the all time awesome people in life. He's pretty serious about his craft and he's yeah. pretty locked in, you know, when he's calling games or now when he's coaching the U S team to gold medals. Yeah. yeah. Right on. And, and he was trying to explain, you know, this particular rotation and how teams, the coaches guess to try and match up as best they can against the opponent on the other side of the net to see if they can get best, good matchups and, and, and put their strengths on the other team's weaknesses. So he's trying to explain this to us and he just, he shows us his goofy side and his fun side. He just grabs a bowl uh, out of the bowl. He grabs all these candy bars and he's explaining to us on the coffee table 
moving the butterfingers and the Snickers around. I think the uh, the libero was a York peppermint patty, and he's <laughs> describing all this to us. And the rest of us knuckleheads, you know, our producer and our director, I think Holly was with us, and we're just kind of taking it all in. And there's that moment where we all kind of look up at each other and giggle, and we're like, "Oh my God, this is Karch Cry, the best in the world," and he's showing us this sh- sh- stuff. With his candy bars, and he's just with you know, the, the three musketeers. The three musketeers is the tallest player on the team, and they want her, you know, up against the double bubble, who's the smallest on the team other side of the court. And we're just—it was one of those awesome moments where you realize, you know, the best thing about sports, whether you're playing it and covering it, covering it, are the people that you get to work with and that you yeah. get to play with, and to, you know, never forget that it's at its base, it's a game, and. When you're calling games, you have to show the people around you that you're having a lot of fun, especially as a play-by-play. You're kind of the leader of the team, and you're driving the bus, and if you're having fun, they're all having fun. And you want the fans at home to know uh, that you're thrilled to be there and you're having a ball, and we wish you could be sitting here in the booth right next door with us. And and that's kind of you know one of life lessons that I take, you know, be serious about your craft, but never be too serious about yourself yeah. and, and remember it's a game. Uh, and then well, we ate all those through. candy bars. We <laughs> ate all those candy bars. It was a, it was quite the sugar high. We could do that with a six pack of donuts as well. That would work actually. <laughs> the maple bar is going to make oh, this run. All kinds of six packs. Yeah. <laughs> this might be uh, the most laughter induced laughter permitted we've had. This is a good one. Proud. A good I'm one. so proud. Beatles That's the goal, you know, that. of every guest. When you come on a laughter permitted podcast, you got to bring your A game. Yeah. And, um, uh, Thank you guys for having me. It's yeah, been brought in. Last thing, BMO, and then we'll let you go yes. call your game. High-low cheer. Uh, this is something we do around the dinner table with my kids. They're high of the day. They're low of the day. And someone they okay. cheer for that they have gratitude for. For you, it's going to be of your career. So high of your career, low of your career. And the cheer is for someone who's perhaps helped you along the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so the high of the high of my career was was actually I'll, I'll go right back to the beginning and, and watching um, wa- watching Phyllis George on the NFL Today show. And I knew immediately that I wanted to do this. And I just turned to my mom and said, hey, mom, there's a woman on here. You know, she gets to talk to all the Dallas Cowboys and she's talking about sports all the time. Can I do that? And my mom simply said, yes, you can. And that was it. No, no matter who tried to discourage me or frustrate me afterwards. Um, well, you know what? My mom told me that I could. So yes, you can. <laughs> so I'm going to do that. So yes, you can is, is probably one of the, one of the high moments of the career. Gosh, hey, mom. Low, and, and shout out to shout out to, uh, uh, my mom, Kate, we, we lost her a, a few years ago, but she's still with me. Um, you know, I yeah. still say hello to her every, every morning when I wake up. Mm. Um, and then, uh, and then a low moment, gosh, you know, I'm, I, I guess, um, you know, I won't say working with Julie, so I'll move on to something, <laughs> something else. <laughs> that would you know, be acceptable. I, I, I don't know if it's any particular moment, but we all strive to do the biggest games and work with all the best people. And it doesn't always happen. And you just like in, in sports and broadcasting, you have to deal with failure. And there, I guess there are moments when you, you know, a boss calls and says, Hey, you know, we really considered you for this particular job and we really like your work. Um, but, uh, we're, we're going in a different direction or we're using somebody else. And 
those are always tough moments. And while you may be happy for a, a friend that may have gotten that gig, you're always mm-hmm. disappointed that it didn't go your way. And I, I think it's important to remember that you can harass that person and say nasty things to that person and, and gain an enemy, or you can, you know, take the high road and try and maintain a relationship with, you know, people or bosses that may deliver disappointing news because that may come back around that you may, you know, have another opportunity and that you're still on the right side of it. So, but there, there have been plenty of those kinds of low moments too, where you don't, you don't get the gig you wanted and you just keep moving on and, uh, probably the shout out or what is it? The cheer cheer, the cheer, like the, would go out, the cheer would go out to my three brothers that I grew up with that, um, mm. gave me no quarter, even though I was the girl and, and toughened me up, uh, for all the experiences that were to come in life and, and have always been, you know, my biggest cheerleaders as well. Mm. Well, you got two more cheerleaders right here, sister. Oh, uh, you. love you so much. I just, I'm so thrilled to, to see all you're doing. Uh, and, and, and as, as you said, like that joy comes through on the telecast when you call a game, you can hear it. It's so fun to watch. Yeah. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Do you need my address for the fantastic finishes trivia trophy or how do I, how do I get that? And I want a cinnamon roll too, please. (laughs) If we send her the fantastic finishes plaque and cinnamon roll. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're setting a precedent we just can't stick to? Yeah, I hear you because you do lose a lot in the game. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we're going to have every guest asking for something mm-hmm. and I lose all the time. I do like that she's like I want that plaque. Uh didn't didn't hacker Yeah, we already owe one, one to flash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Our IOU list is growing. How do we not have a donut deal in all of this? If we could just send donuts to every single mm-hmm. guest, fresh, we need the Dope Village to weigh in on wh- what donut deal we should get. And I'm going after it. I am I'm putting it out there into the universe. I am getting us a damn donut deal. We're going to send them fresh donuts straight after they get on the pod. I think that's one of the best ideas you've ever had. Or actually before they get on the pod and they could be eating the donuts while they're doing the pod because I literally munched through my cinnamon roll, which is a donut, the entire second half of the podcast. Oh, I have video evidence of you demolishing that cinnamon roll. (laughs) Sat there that whole first half of the podcast and I was like, I've got to eat this. It's killing me. I can smell it. It It's just wafted up into my nostrils. Okay. Reacts. I'll go first. I have two. I have many, but I always try and keep it to under 200. I love when she talked about relationships, relationships, relationships. I'm always talking to my kids about this. Hmm. And it's just such a good reminder. Life is about relationships. If people want to work with you and love you and you bring joy to everything you do in, in work, then good things happen. And to not forget that, to treat people well. Right. Even when you don't get the job or something bad happens, you treat people well Mm -hmm. and that comes back to you in the universe. Um, And then I think the other one was the other takeaway for me is um, I don't remember the exact quote, but she said she's always taking her work seriously, but 
she never takes herself too seriously <laughs> or something like that. And that it's, you know, it's just sports after all. And I think that's another great reminder and lesson for, for anyone heading into a new job, into a, you know, a new territory, uh, that you want to prep like heck, but then go have, have some fun once you're in it. Mm. Um, because you do feel that when BMO calls games, like there is, and I said that at the end, there's this joy that comes through the screen. And I think that's what the best play by play and, and analysts do. What was cool to hear was how Beth has followed her passion. She had it from a very young age and was willing to put in the reps and the hard work. This is no accident of why Beth Mowens is the first in so many areas in play-by-play. Her story of uh, fitting in a little play-by-play commentary <laughs> as she was the PA announcer as a middle schooler. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's so on point. Ah, uh, BMO. Okay, time once again for questions permitted. And this is going to be another Lynn takeover because oh. I would like to quiz you about your experience as a color commentator. Mm-hmm. In this episode, you mentioned that you were calling a game featuring Uzbekistan. Yeah. How are your pronunciations of the Uzbekistanian players? Uh, I think I only called the goalkeeper's name. That was it, actually. I tried to get myself to call three names. I feel good that I called three, maybe three. The weird thing about the Uzbekistan names was the pronunciation. I mean, sorry, the emphasis was on the, on like the weirdest syllable. So for example, uh, like Sharapova, uh, who's not Uzbekistan, I get it (laughs) from Uzbekistan, but (laughs) there were a lot of povas and kovas Mm -hmm. and, but it's not pova. It was always the emphasis was before. So it would have been like Sharipova. Oh, wow. Which is really hard when you're used to Sharipova. Sharipova. Karipova. That was one. I killed her. 17. She was not that good. Sorry, Karipova. I think that was her name. Uh, anyways. Uh, yes. Pronunciations are very hard. Beth mentioned in the episode that pronunciation really lends itself to being credible and I know pronunciation to you is actually really important. Yeah, and I did not um, make myself very credible. But then again, I was like, I'm not sure how many people are going to know Uzbekistan players. So I felt okay about that. But the fact is that you do take that seriously. You don't take a lot of things seriously in life, but you do take pronunciation <laughs> seriously. Oh, yeah, because it is your credibility. She's absolutely right. And they give us a, what they do, they give us a pronunciation audio file. So they have someone on their team send through. So you write them all down, you know, exactly as you hear them. But it's always hard then to to play them back when you're calling a game. Jen Hildreth did a great job with that, I think, because it's tough. It's definitely tough. What is prep like for a game for you? Prep's intense. People don't know how much prep goes into a game. Mm. Even... You know, I've called a million U.S. games, but there's always so much prep because obviously you have to learn about the other team tons. You have to go to training the day before, which we did. You you talk with players. You talk with Vlatko Andonovsky, the head coach. Um, often we talk with the other team's head coach and hopefully a couple players. Um, so you are scrolling through game notes and stats and – Uh, footage and game film and you go back and look at you know tendencies and you've got to you know put in what you want in the open and halftime and what edits you want and you know what you're going to be focused on all these things so it's 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 uh it's a lot I mean and I think people 
don't understand what goes into the prep of it in, in terms of um, how much time you put in, but you have to. You have to do that. That's always been, if anything, that's like my confidence is I know I put in the prep and then I'm okay. Because mm. if I don't feel confident going into a game, it shows. Do you put in the same amount of prep for, say, a friendly like you just had this past week and a World Cup game or an Olympics game? Oh, no. <laughs> those are those are next level. How so? <laughs> uh, you watch a lot more film. I mean, you, it's hard to find anything on Uzbekistan 1. Um, even information wise. I mean, typically nowadays, back in the day, you couldn't find anything. You really had to dig because, you know, you, they didn't have websites on their women's teams. They didn't even have stats on their women's teams. We still, we didn't have caps or goals for Uzbekistan. They don't keep them. Um, and that's abnormal. That used to be the norm back in the day because it's women's sports. Why should we care about caps and goals and document any of the stats? <laughs> uh, and now um, they do, but we didn't have it for this game. But Oh, for like an Olympic game, you're watching a ton of footage. You're, you know, I've got a list of their lineups from the last year. I look at, you know, what's their sub pattern. If they go with this sub, they're switching into this formation or they have a tendency to play, you know, this way when this starting lineup is, you know, going. So you just know their tendencies and what to look for. And uh, and, and you just do a much deeper dive, obviously, because that's a game that that truly matters. I'm having a flashback to your Olympics prep last summer and you had all of these manila folders on the various teams mm -hmm. and all of your mm -hmm. and all of your notes and research. Do you remember what I yeah. did with the folders? No. <laughs> I put little notes. Oh yeah, you put little notes. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Little love notes. That's right. You got this, Jules. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you did. Nice. You did great. I'm going to keep going because I, I do think you are so good at color commentating, my friend. And so how did you get into it? Um, a guy who was covering it for uh, covering the national team said to me, you're really good on camera. You should think about television. And at the time I was going to do med school and um, this was like in college and you're very comfortable and natural and um and I said, yeah, I, I had wanted to do sports journalism, but I just thought it wasn't realistic for a woman. Oh, and wow. I don't know why I didn't go down that path, but I didn't see it. And so I didn't believe it. And so uh, I was going to be a doctor. And and then uh, he said, you should try color commentary. I'll, I'll put you on a game. And so while I was still playing on the national team, I did some color commentary. Yeah. So that's how I got into it. And so I started actually doing commentating and studio work while I was still playing on the national team. Hmm. How influential was Amy Rosenfeld in your career? Oh, huge. Aro was producing our professional women's uh, league games. She was producing the national team games while I played. And so she was also one who said, yeah, you should do this. Mm. You'd be great at this. Um, and was the one who was my mentor and, and guided me in my early years of, you know, here's what a rundown looks like. Here's what, you know, we, when we say B-roll, this is what we're doing. When we say, you know, you know, sound on tape, this is what that means. Mm -hmm. When, uh, you know, when we say lower third, this is what this means. And so just all the mechanics, similar to what Beth does, you know, with all these, these green, fresh analysts. The wild <laughs> is stallions. what Amy did. Yeah, the wild stallions. That's, Amy was, was huge in that as well. Favorite moment ever 
in the booth. Mm. Oh, gosh. I don't know if this was my favorite moment. I will say it's my most memorable moment is the 2011 World Cup against Brazil. Ian Dark and myself are on the call. It's the quarterfinal. We've got all of ESPN over there covering it. All of my old teammates running around in uh, this big blue bus um, that was that would open up and become a studio in whatever city they plopped themselves in. I literally like went it, the walls of the bus opened up, the sides of the bus, oh, cool. and it became their studio. It was so rad. Bob Lee was hosting, Brandy, Mia, uh, Bry. It was so fun. Tony DeChico. Um, and it was quarterfinals, and we're down against Brazil. The United States is down. And, um, and they're in our ear, like, talking about people they're going to have to send home. I could hear them. <laughs> <laughs> at like halftime if they lose this game because it would be the first time the U.S. didn't qualify for that final, you know, medal round. And um, and Ian Dark was saying, you know, this could be it. This could be it. And I, I think I said, this is not it yet. This is not it. We're not done here. And then, of course, the Abby Wambach goal in extra time uh, that takes them into penalty kicks and, ugh, and then them, you know, making onto the final. They didn't end up winning, but mm-hmm. that moment yeah. when she scored that goal in the 120th minute, and Rapino plays that cross, which was part of your game mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. was incredible. The place went nuts, and we, of course, went nuts because uh, we didn't want to see the U.S. go out in the quarterfinal. Yeah. Oh, I remember but- watching that game. I, I can remember Ian's call. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? <laughs> I was like, yes, I can. <laughs> Never doubt this group. Well. Okay. Enough of your takeover, Lynn. That was, that, I know that's, I, that might be a record of how long I got to talk. I got you to talk about yourself on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and with that, we'd like to thank you, our Dope Village, for once again allowing us to be part of your day. Perhaps BMO got got a snort out of you as well. And thank you to our sponsors, Ally and Dick's Sporting Goods, and to Kate Diaz for our incredible theme music, which she wrote and composed. And remember, as always, kids, sing it with us. Laughter permitted. You're going to blow cinnamon roll right through that vuvuzela.